grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy because of this, 
your reward is great in heaven. The fact is, their fathers constantly did the same things to the prophets. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for consideration is found recorded. It is from Revelation 21, beginning at verse 1. I'd like to read these words once again. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, because the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea no longer existed. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And from the throne I heard a loud voice that said, Look, the God's dwelling is with people. He will dwell with them, and he will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain because the former things have passed away. The one who was seated on the throne said to me, Look, I am making everything new. He also said, Write these words. Write, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To everyone who is thirsty, I will give freely from the spring of the water of life. This is the word of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ and saints of the Lord. In my Bible information class, I've been using the same one for over 30 years. And one thing that I do in my Bible information class is I always, in the first class, go through what is called God's Great Exchange. And some of you probably have heard me say this before. And one thing that I always ask people is, how do you picture heaven? And it's interesting the answers that, that one will get. In the beginning, oh, about 30 years ago, I would hear answers like puffy clouds, like, uh, like cotton and and, and you get to rest, and, and there's all this joy because we'll be on the clouds. Now when I ask people those questions, I tend to get an answer. I really don't know. I don't know what to think. I think it's got to be good. In fact, when I ask them about hell, I get more of an answer about hell than I do about heaven. And that has led me to the conclusion that quite possibly much of our thinking of heaven and even hell is based on what we see on TV and in the movies. I remember as a kid watching, oh, on cartoons, heaven always described as being on top of the clouds. But as movies and TVs get away from talking about heaven and all the emphasis on horror and Satan and hell, it's not surprising that many have a bigger picture of hell than they do of heaven. But in spite of that, is people's thinking correct? For does TVs and movies and social media and all these media outlets what they say about heaven, or even what they say about hell, is it really true? Is that what we ought to picture? In fact, the answer is clearly no. And we need to set the record straight. 
what is oftentimes portrayed concerning heaven is not what heaven is all about. It might be cute. It might make you think that you're feeling good in your heart to think about it. But what really matters is what does God say? And one of the most beautiful passages concerning heaven, opening the door for us to actually see heaven, is recorded in Revelation 21. The Apostle John received this vision that he recorded for all to hear and to take to heart. But not only did he see it, he also heard, he heard a loud voice. And what he heard is just as important as what he saw. Let's begin with what he saw. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, because the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea no longer existed. He saw a brand new sky. He saw a brand new earth. Earth that would hold people, obviously. He saw a brand new one. And, and, and many commentators today are of various opinions concerning how to understand this new heaven and new earth. Some will say that this will be a brand new heaven and earth in the sense that the old heaven and earth which we're on now, this is the first one, it will be totally destroyed, nothing will be left of it, and he'll make a brand new one. Some believe that he's going to destroy this world and the leftover particles that didn't get destroyed by fire will perhaps then form a new heavens and a new earth. And some believe that this isn't talking about a literal heaven and earth, but more in a spiritual sense, because God is already in heaven. And so heaven is someplace out there where we're going to be with God, or maybe perhaps another dimension. Here we're not told exactly what the new heavens and new earth is, but we know that the emphasis is on new. It will be physically different because the sea will no longer exist. But the best part of the newness will be this. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain because the former things have passed away. No more suffering and death. All the things that bring us tears and sadness, all connected with sin, even, even death itself, which is the punishment of sin, gone, no longer existing. It is not surprising that the Apostle Paul would write in Romans that when it comes to heaven itself, our present suffering doesn't even compare to the glories that await. Because if there's no more sorrow, suffering, and pain, then all that's left is pure joy, joy beyond our imagination, and all made possible because of the very Son of God himself, sent by the Father to live the life we could not live, for he kept that law perfectly, to suffer the punishment that we could not suffer and live, and he suffered it and rose again and conquered death, he is the one that can, that can give water to that spring of the water of life. He's the only one that can offer eternal life 
and with the sending of the Holy Spirit working within our hearts, always testifying of Christ, we are called to faith, to trust in what Jesus has done for us. Knowing that our sins are forgiven, but above all, knowing that heaven is our home, and it will be a new home. But that's not the only wonder. There will also be a new relationship. <clears throat> and I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her, for, for her husband. The holy city, once again, many commentators have all kinds of opinions on what is the holy city. Many seeing the word city as, hey, this is going to be a brand new place where people are going to live, even thinking that this brand new place is going to take place in Jerusalem, and what's going to be needed to get this all started is that the holy temple has to be rebuilt on the temple grounds once again. But the problem is, is the word city doesn't refer to buildings and pavement and brick and mortar and sidewalks and roads. The word city in the Bible is used in the same way that the word church is. The church is really not the building. That's not how the Bible uses it. It always refers to the people. They are the church. This building could burn down, but the church still remains because the believers are still here. And so it is with the word city. It's not referring to buildings. It's referring to people. They are the city. Destroying the buildings, the city is still here. So what was he seeing in this new Jerusalem? He was seeing believers. He was seeing what is called the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints as we confess in the creed. He was seeing the sum of all believers gathering together after judgment day. And oh, were they beautiful. These are the saints, those elected, those whose names are written in the book of life. These are the believers who were adorned for her husband, the husband being the groom himself, Jesus Christ. And if they were adorned, they were wearing the wedding dress that can only be given by the groom himself. Because these are the people who have been washed clean by the blood of Christ. They wear the garment of salvation. They wear the robe of righteousness. They are beautifully adorned. And what makes them even more beautiful is what John heard. Look, God's dwelling is with people. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them, and he will be their God. To dwell with the Lord and not to live away from the Lord, but to be with him, where he dwells with us, where he lives with us, where we walk with the Lord in perfect understanding and in perfect relationship and in perfect harmony with him. Where we no longer have to live with a believing heart because we're going to be living with a heart that sees. Not a heart that has to believe and wonder, but one that sees. 
Moses, when he wanted to see God, God would even have to cover his face and he could only see the backside of God. But to see him with our own eyes, even Job said, how my heart yearns within me. In fact, the word dwelling here is literally the word for tent. And immediately that causes us to think of the Old Testament. For you remember where the Lord met with the people as they traveled during that 40 year in the wilderness? The Lord met at the tent. It was the tabernacle. And the tabernacle means tent. It was very portable. But this is where the Lord met with them. This is where the presence of the Lord was. And if you recall that they were living, those Old Testament people, under the Old Covenant that simply said, I will be your God and you will be my people. Obey my holy commands. But they broke the holy commands. And the Lord told them to make sacrifices. And those sacrifices would be substitutes to take the place of the sinner who should have shed blood and should have died for those sins. And all those sacrifices pointed to the ultimate sacrifice that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has made. And because of Jesus, you and I now live under a new covenant which says that through faith in Christ, our sins are forgiven and heaven is our home. But when Jesus came, he didn't do away with the old covenant, but rather he fulfilled it. And we're going to enjoy that covenant in heaven where we will be his people and God will be our God. And we will have that perfect relationship following his holy commands forever. A new relationship, a new home, that's heaven. But those two things mean absolutely nothing if you don't have the third thing, that it will be new. A new confidence. Look, I'm making everything new. He also said, right, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To everyone who is thirsty, I will give freely from the spring of the water of life. This is the Lord Jesus himself, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. If he's the first and the last, then he has to be everything. And he is our everything. He is the one who declares it is done. Yes, these are not the same words that were spoken on the cross where he said, it is finished, and, and the debt of sin was paid in full. But here he says it is done because on the day that we join the saints in heaven, on the last day when this earth will be destroyed and there will be a new home and a new relationship, we will enjoy the final part of the redemption. We will enjoy the final redemption being with our Lord forever with no more tears. This is why, brothers and sisters in Christ, 
The Lord Jesus told the Apostle John to write this down. For these are not words to keep to yourself. These are words that were to be read and shared and proclaimed. For everyone needs to know that Jesus is their Savior too, who paid for their sins. We're living in the end times. We're living in the times when more and more are falling away from Christ. More and more are falling away from gathering together with fellow believers, giving all praise and glory and worship, centering around God's word and prayer. And as more and more people fall away from the Lord, guess what, get, guess what starts to increase more and more? The love of most growing cold, selfishness, believing that I'm God. This is my body and I can do with it what I want. I'm free to think and do whatever I want. You can't stop me. And if you do, I'll destroy you. My dear friends, as we live in these end times, we hold to the fact that heaven is our home. And we don't hold to this because this is what we learned from TV and movies and social media. We hold to this divine truth because this is what God says. And there is no greater truth in all the world but to hear that Jesus has made everything new. A new home. A new relationship. A new confidence. A confidence that we have already peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran and its ministry, please check out our website at www.salemevlutheran.org. Once again, that is www.salemevlutheran.org. May God bless you today and every day.